And now we have Michelle Molyneux joining us, joining me rather. <laughs> Michelle is a graduate of the University of Alberta's Faculty of Law with distinction in 2015 and is currently completing her Master of Laws, that's an LLM, from Osgoode Law School in York University. While Michelle is passionate about the law and legal studies, her lifelong passion is performing and bringing stories to life. A yeah. veteran in the film and entertainment industry, Michelle has worked as a film actor, voice artist, pop vocalist slash performer, director of business affairs, and a movie of the week producer. She recognizes the importance of law as a tool for both helping people and making creation possible. Outside of her creative and legal work, Michelle volunteers for the Rapid Fire Theatre Society's Board of Directors, very cool, and serves as the board secretary. She dabbled in Toastmasters and co-hosted the Legal Cut Pro podcast along with myself. Michelle, welcome. Thank you, Greg. I just want to say the only thing more awkward than having to write your own bio is having to listen to someone read it. <laughs> I completely- so Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. It's like, oh, I don't want to hear about myself. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for doing this with me, Michelle. Uh, this is going to, uh, hopefully this is going to be a lot of fun. I want to first ask you, you have, as I read, you have a very interesting journey from actor to producer to lawyer. And it's not like you've quit acting or that you've set aside the producer career. These are all things that you currently, well, you're currently a practicing lawyer, but you can do and you will be doing acting gigs and doing producing as well. How has that journey been? Because you were an actor for quite some time, right? Or you have been acting for quite some time. So how's the journey been from going through actor, producer to lawyer? It's been, um, you know, it's been really fascinating. Um, I guess seeing all of the different sides of production. And obviously, from an actor's perspective, you have a certain a certain understanding of how things work and you know you you kind of only see one side of things so definitely getting on the producing side um it made me feel a lot better as an actor actually of when I don't get cast because I realized that it's it's not that they hate me <laughs> if I don't get a role like there there are just so many other aspects to the industry that I just didn't really realize as just an actor or a creative in that capacity Oh. So it's been interesting just to see like there's the industry is a much bigger machine, I guess, than I realized um, mm. when I was first starting my career. So it's because you're seeing the business side of things, right? And how the the decisions get made. Does that sound about right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I first started off um, as an actor, really, you're only seeing or mostly seeing the creative side of things. Um, but, you know, it is an industry and it, the industry is about making money. So there are also all of these other business factors and so many factors that really aren't in control or the actor doesn't have control over them. So it made me made me feel a lot better about taking rejection when it happens of realizing, you know, it may have nothing to do with my performance. Maybe it was just they needed someone with a different hair color or, you know, they wanted someone taller or shorter because they had already committed to, you know, the lead actor who's a particular height or all of these different factors that really have nothing to do with me and my creative abilities. So that was kind of, it, it sort of took a little bit of a weight off of my shoulders, just realizing this is an industry 
and um, you know, you just create the best you can and you hope for the opportunities, but not to be hard on yourself when they don't happen because it's not it's not a reflection of you and your abilities and the work you're putting in. Huh, well, that's really interesting. And how about uh, as you rolled into the lawyer role, has that changed or okay, because you've worked with lawyers before, <laughs> I mean, with me as counsel on a couple of shows and, and you on the producer side, has that uh, adjusted or, or changed your perspective or uh, added anything to it or colored it negatively or <laughs> anything like that? <laughs> I feel, um, I, I guess having more of a peek onto the lawyer side um, makes me a little bit sad because it does take away from that creative aspect of it. Hmm. And um, that especially on the legal side, there's just so much business and so much law that plays into it. So it's taken away a little bit of the magic for me, I must say, <laughs> but I'm glad that I still have the opportunity to create and, and keep a little bit of the magic going. Is, is it because it's kind of, uh, uh, you're getting, uh, looking more behind the curtain or, or something like that? Or like, uh, what, I'm just curious what do you mean by the, the magic? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, it is that peak kind of more beyond the curtain and the thinking of the what ifs and do things go wrong and all of those scenarios that are just so, um, so much beyond the scope of just the creative product. Mm -hmm. um, and realizing, I guess, how many business entities are involved with like financing and all, all of the legal terms that play into it and everything. It just, um, it's, it's interesting. It's this like much bigger layer that I realized existed when I was just being able to just focus on the creating and I'm just like, hey, I'm just, I'm here, I'm doing my scenes, I'm making this character. And I didn't realize there's this whole big macrocosm of law and financing bodies and and so many more people involved in the process than I realized in the beginning. Right, right. Hmm. Now, on that note, contracts, probably mm -hmm. nothing spoils things <laughs> and is a, <laughs> a killjoy than contracts and reading legal terms. So, mm -hmm. and that's the topic of our, the main topic of our discussion today. Mm -hmm. Michelle, how many contracts have you signed as an artist? Or can you, even give a like a very rough estimate how many contracts you've signed uh, being an actor oh, uh, for your acting gigs and for other uh, potentially other uh, um, gigs that you've done as an artist you know I honestly can't really say because I think when I'm in the creative mindset I just suppress the fact that I'm even signing paperwork <laughs> either there are a lot of circumstances especially starting out on indie films when I probably should have been signing something but I wasn't um, so obviously I was, I was entering into contracts with these productions, but we didn't have a formal written contract mm -hmm. in those circumstances. Um, and then a lot of other times, um, when I'm in my actor mindset, I just, yeah, oh, there's a paper to sign. Oh, sure. I'll sign it. Here you go. Let's move on. <laughs> so I can't even say what I've signed and what I haven't signed as an actor. I think that's completely normal too. Uh, totally get it. And when... When you were in your producer roles, when you're in, uh, reviewing, administering contracts or wh whatever role you had dealing with contracts for production, what did you look for in, in those contracts uh, as, as you're in, in that kind of headspace in that role? I would say as a producer, I'm looking for, uh, can I meet the obligations that I'm promising to somebody? Um, so I'm always making sure to 
I guess definitely not include anything that I know I can't promise or deliver on. And also sometimes I might be looking to, um, I guess, get rid of extras that likely I am going to give to the crew or talent anyway, but just something that maybe in case of a situation where I can't deliver on that, I don't want to promise it in the contract. So I would say the contract is kind of going to be the the bare terms of what's being promised. And then I'm hoping that I can give more um, in whatever ways that it might be. So say, for example, if it's a travel day, maybe as a producer, I'm like, I don't think I can afford to pay for my whole cast and crew to maybe get gas fees for the day. But potentially at the end of the day, we find out, hey, you know what? We've made some cost savings here and there. We'll be able to kick the, the cast and crew some gas money or that kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. I would say... Um, just, yeah, in terms of a producer, I want to make sure that anything I'm going to promise that I can actually follow through on. And more so in terms of, as a producer, you are making commitments and promises to um, your investors, you're making it to banks, you're making all of these different entities and all of these different, different pots of money that you have to be aware that you're not going to run out, say, before you can finish your post-production, or, you know, Oh, excuse me, you have other people down the line that you're going to have to pay. So you want to make sure that you're not going to promise too much at the beginning and then run out before the end. That makes a lot of sense too. And now in your role as counsel, as counsel to production, how does that, if at all, change the, uh, the way you, you read, you look at contract uh, and, um, and therefore advise your clients? I would say as counsel, I am much more concerned to look for what could go wrong. Mm. Um, just trying to think of sort of every every possible situation that may be very unlikely to happen, but I want to make sure that they're going to be protected if that weird, extreme, random, and as we saw with the, the COVID-19 pandemic, nobody thought that was going to happen. <laughs> to sort of be prepared because sometimes the weird situations happen. And again, you want to make sure that everybody in those circumstances can still come through and fulfill whatever they've promised or contracted to do, or that they have a kind of a safety valve that, you know, a situation has come up, has arisen. And if you can't fill your obligations, then you do that safety valve to say, Hey, it was COVID-19. I'm sorry. We, we can't fulfill this contract right now. Um, so I'd say that's one of the, the things I'm really looking for. And I'm also looking at the language in the contract to make sure, is it is it broad enough to give my client the flexibility that they need? And is it is the wording narrow enough that it couldn't be interpreted in a, in a way that's unfavorable to my client? So to make sure that it's the language is going to keep them as protected as possible in what they're trying to do. Now, with your, uh, when you... Going back to our topic about reading contracts, when you sign contracts as an actor, <laughs> and you, you mentioned that, oh, you don't, even, you don't remember what you signed. Now, come today, uh, I know that I don't, even as a lawyer uh, practicing now over 10 years, I don't read all my own contracts. I really don't, <laughs> right? Especially ones that I know I don't have any kind of leverage to negotiate. I, I, when I re get a cell phone contract to sign, there's no way it, it even makes sense for me to read that. I mean, either I want the darn thing or I don't. I mean, it's just the relationship we have with telcos here in Canada. You, you just don't have a choice, really, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so I just, yep, yeah, whatever there. But then there are other contracts, just speaking on a personal level, that I will read. We had a renovator, for example, that uh, it was for uh, replacing our windows, and they gave this contract and said, this is our standard form contract, sign it. I looked at it, there were several massively problematic things about it. And they told me, or they didn't tell me, they're actually negotiating with my wife. They're saying, this is our standard form. You either take it or leave it. Everyone signs it. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. this, <laughs> this is majorly <laughs> problematic the way your contract is structured. They were extremely annoyed. I tried to tell them, look, uh, in my full-time gig that I do, I negotiate contracts with very big vendors for many hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. And these are always negotiable. Because we have leverage. And I think we have leverage on you right now because mm -hmm. I can just go to the next you know, window installer and get and you know look at their contract instead. So that's a, just on a personal note, when I will review contract and when I will be hard on them because I know we have some kind of leverage. Mm -hmm. How about for yourself? You know, in terms of reading your own contracts, mm -hmm. uh, what uh, I guess what lessons do you have uh, or, or yeah, for our our audience i would say yeah i totally agree with you greg there are certain contracts when you just don't have the leverage or the terms are something that say you know set by someone's lawyer and they're probably not going to play around with them for you um so i would say one piece of advice i have is to um just give it a glance i would say um there was one time when someone accidentally put a nudity rider into my paperwork and I just happened to think, hey, I just, you know, I just want to like scan through a little bit more than just looking at my sign here, sign here. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't agree to doing any nudity. What is going on? And so at least then we could address it. And I made sure that like, okay, well, I'm not signing that agreement so that somehow if something happened, they couldn't, you know, later decide to, I don't know, some somehow like edit nudity onto me or, or right. whatever it might be. So I would say that's that's one thing I think is really important um, as talent and as a creative is, you know, maybe you don't need to read the the nitty gritty and the, the standard terms portions, but just kind of give it a glance overall, just to make sure that there isn't something that either you're you're not promising or you're not willing or open to doing um, and to make sure that the, the payment terms or whatever compensation you're receiving credit whatever it is that's important to you, make sure that those portions of the contract are correct and are what you want it to be saying. Absolutely. And that's a, I think that's really good advice because, you know, it might be too onerous to sometimes read the full six, seven, eight mm -hmm. pages for like line by line. But just uh, to add to that, that if something doesn't make sense and it's something that uh, kind of raises any uh, like um, alarm bells or it's your spidey senses tingling or anything like that, then seek legal advice, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, us lawyers are expensive, but <laughs> <laughs> seek legal advice. And, uh, you know, that uh, kind of reminds me of, what was that, uh, the song? I remember seeing it in a, uh, a beer commercial uh, a long time ago as a little kid, um, uh, The Gambler by uh, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, I think it is. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like uh, The Gambler song and the, the lyrics really... They, they, they kind of stick with me about contract negotiation. You got to, you know, know when to uh, know, uh, how's it go? You've got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. <laughs> know when to walk away. 
know when to run. That's awesome. I don't know if I know the two. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's as far as we can go without crossing that fair dealing line. So we're just going to stop there. And we're, <laughs> but if your audience members don't do that first, you might want to seek legal advice on relying on fair dealing. So just, just disclaimer there. Okay. We're not telling you that that's necessarily okay, depending on how you use it and how much, et cetera, et cetera. So, the gambler and you know no one to hold them no one to fold them and uh, no one to walk away no one to run is uh, i think very instructive on how to approach uh, contract negotiation is that mm -hmm. you know sometimes you just got to you, you know you got to walk away from a contract when it's like you know what uh, i have no negotiating power there this is not good for me and i'm just going to walk away with this from this rather Easier said than done, of course, because what are your alternatives? You might not have alternatives. You might really want this gig. You really, really want this, uh, you know, whatever that is being presented in front of you, right? And then, um, you know, and sometimes you just gotta, you, you know, gotta know when to hold them. You know, you you play your cards, right? You play your mm -hmm. cards and you negotiate. You negotiate, 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 and you know what your limit is. Negotiate, negotiation, and then you know when to when to fold. You know when to concede certain points so and hopefully that goes in tandem with if you think you need it then getting legal advice uh, for uh, you know those kind of decisions mm -hmm. what has your favorite thing been about being a lawyer about practicing as a lawyer hmm. um can i say two things sure go ahead <laughs> okay i would say um one of them is being able to help creatives mm -hmm. because the business aspect, as I've now learned, is really important or equally as important as the creative component, especially if you want to be able to um, distribute or share whatever you're creating. You need money, you need distribution, all of those kinds of things. So it's it really feels good to be able to just genuinely help creatives so that they can spend more of their time creating creating, and they don't have to worry as much about the business part because I am worrying about that for them. So that's been one of the really nice mm -hmm. things. And the other thing is I've really enjoyed being able to still kind of tangentially being a part of these amazing projects that our clients are creating. So I think it's really cool that when, if I am myself, not the producer or the actor, it's still really cool to kind of be on the sidelines and, mm -hmm. and watching these amazing things that the, the clients are creating. That's fantastic. What about your least, do you have a least favorite thing that you like to share? I have this terrible boss. I know, what a <laughs> jerk, huh? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> so demanding. <laughs> so demanding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You were the best boss ever, Greg. Michelle, I appreciate um, that. <laughs> I would say it might be the same thing that um, we say most people don't enjoy. Who does enjoy reading, you know, these terribly long contracts with small fonts that sometimes don't even seem like they're written in English? <laughs> It's um, it's not my favorite pastime, but I'm definitely um, the more I'm learning about the law, I'm I'm definitely growing an appreciation for the contracts. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think anybody enjoys reading really long boring contracts. Nope, <laughs> no, unless you're some kind of masochist or mm -hmm. maybe you have insomnia or something like that, and then you read a really long contract, it puts you to sleep right just like that. Ooh, I'm gonna Michelle... try that next time. <laughs> Michelle Molyneux, for our last part here, I'd like to ask you, do you have a top tip or a couple tips 
that you have for artists relating to contracts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotta, gotta remember, remember my list here. Um, one of them, as I spoke about before is definitely give your contracts at least a scan and make sure that the, the things that are most important to you are in there. That's very important. Um, when you're signing the contract, as best as you can, try to keep a record for it or a record of it. That's something I was terrible with and sometimes still am with my personal contracts. But being able to have those stored somewhere, whether even it's just, you know, you take a picture digitally. Um, because sometimes when you're, you're on a shoot, you're on a show, you might sign something quickly. You don't necessarily have a copy. And there might be something later that you're like, hey, wait a minute, I need to get out of that contract. What are, how do how do I terminate that? How do I get out of it? I don't even know because I don't have a copy. Um, or if you're having to hold someone and saying, wait, you said you were going to pay me and you didn't pay me. So here's the contract. So having that proof can be really important. So make sure to store. Um, to check my list here. Um, another one would be uh, negotiating is no, I guess back to the, the know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Know when you can push and when you can't. There was actually um, a really cool and probably one of the, the neatest shows that I've done in my career um, when I was first starting out. And there was somebody who was trying to negotiate really, really hard for me to get a whole bunch of wonderful things included. And I didn't find out until afterwards, but I guess I had almost lost the gig entirely because they're like, who, who does this girl think she is? She's asking for all of these things. And thankfully they'd kind of known my reputation in the industry and was like, you know, we know she's going to do good work. We don't know where these requests are coming from. And I didn't lose the gig, but I almost lost like my favorite gig of my life because of that. So it's important to know, you know, definitely important to push, get compensated because uh, often as artists, we, we get undercompensated. Um, but to know when that line is of when, you know, you're potentially, you could, you could potentially lose the whole thing altogether. Um, and also in that negotiating is get creative. We're creatives. So it's a great time to try and see like, maybe the person can't pay you a, a huge amount or as much as you're wanting, but maybe there are other ways that they can compensate you. So maybe you could um, say uh, as an actor, a credit, maybe argue that, you know, your name should be higher up in the list or you want a credit in the main titles. Um, that's something easy that they can give you. You might be able to say, hey, could I get um, a profit share later on down the line? Like, I know you can't afford to pay me right now, but if this project is successful, maybe I can have a little piece of that down the line. And so there are lots of sort of different angles that you can negotiate on. And um, I would say the last piece of advice I have is maybe a little bit more controversial. I know that um, as artists, we don't want to work for exposure. Exposure does not feed us. But one thing I would say is sometimes it's worthwhile to work for the experience. So I find a lot of the things I did early on in my career, when maybe I wasn't necessarily getting paid, I met the people who now have become my peers and now are the people who give me opportunities to do the really cool shows and the really cool gigs. Um, I also honed and still hone my craft on things that uh, maybe aren't paying me as much. So it's definitely that fine balance between um, definitely don't give your creative talents away for free. Um, you you know, you, you've honed that, you've worked on that. So, you know, um, be compensated, but also keep an open mind to 
when is an experience maybe going to benefit you and consider to, you know, weigh that against maybe getting paid a little bit less because um, the experiences really are worth it. And also as a creative, if it's a really cool project that you really want to be a part of, sometimes that in and of itself is fulfilling. It does not feed you, but it can be very creatively fulfilling. <laughs> so that would be, um, I think my, I don't know, five pieces of advice. I'm not sure. That's five, yeah. <laughs> Those are all great tips. Michelle, thank you very much. I do, I, I truly appreciate you for everything you do, uh, your, your great work as a lawyer for the firm, for this interview, and just for being just an excellent all around person. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Molyneux. Oh, thank you, Greg. And thanks, everybody. Good luck. Good luck in negotiating your contracts and uh, good luck in making a creative splash out there. Excellent.